0: Hello, my friends, and welcome back to The Informed Catholic. This is going to be episode 107. My name is Ned Jabbar. The subject we're going to talk about is uh, Bishop Robert Barron uh, and his fellow American Catholic bishops. I'm sorry, but they're hypocrites. They really are. So um, before we begin... um, Yes, I said it. They're hypocrites. I know it's not a good thing to say that about your bishops, but um, the reason why is, is because the culture is a mess the way it is. Let's begin first by reading a prayer before we read the scripture part. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Come, O Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, you instructed the hearts of thy faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit. Grant us by the same Holy Spirit to have right judgment in all things and ever rejoice in his consolation. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, our passage I'm going to read is going to be from the book of Acts. And um, it's going to be One which I believe will point out that we are meant, even they, the bishops, are meant to take part in the public arena as well as in the church. Bishop Barron said that it was the duty of the faithful to sanctify the secular or the public square. Well, (laughs) you know, I think... The faithful includes the bishops. All right. For him to pass the buck to pull the Vatican II card. All right. My, I have a friend. I have several friends who take part in pro-life movements. It, you know, how difficult it is. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense when you tell the faithful to be pro-life, to pray in front of the, the abortion clinics And then you invite these same politicians who support abortion to receive Holy Communion and to take part in in the uh, liturgy by reading the scripture passages. When you shake hands with them and you laugh with them, like Dolan does at the uh, uh, Al Smith dinner, you know? I mean, I mean, we've all seen that that clip where, you know, he's sitting down between Trump and Hillary and he's laughing and laughing it off with Hillary like if they were the best of friends and ignoring Trump. I'm not making a big deal about ignoring Trump, but it shows the hypocrisy. There was even a, an image where it shows um, uh, Cardinal Donald Wuerl and I don't know if it was Supich or, or it might have been McCarrick. And they were sitting down laughing, with uh, Joe Biden. Like Joe Biden just told them a dirty joke, and they acted like little schoolgirls or something. They always do this. So how is it? How is it that you know you could you know you 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 could show one face to your fellow Catholics, to the faithful who you depend on to put money in the basket every Sunday and every holy day of obligation. And then on the other hand you go you know but, you know arm in arm laughing sitting down at a table eating with them when they support abortion they support contraception they support they support gay marriage and then the faithful you scold them and you put them in their place sorry i don't agree with this anyway i'm sorry but let's go back to this this is um I'm going to start from from chapter 24, starting from verse 24. Paul held into custody. I'm going to read. It's going to be a long one. I want to show you how active even our bishops are supposed to be. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. After some days, Felix came to his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish. This is Governor Felix of, of, uh, of Judea. And he sent for Paul and heard him speak upon faith in Christ Jesus. And as he argued about justice and self-control and future judgment, Felix was alarmed and said, go away for the present. When I have an opportunity, I will summon you. At the same time, he hoped that money would be given him by Paul. So he sent for him often and conversed with him, but... When two years had elapsed, Felix was succeeded by uh, Procius Festus, the new governor, and desiring to do the Jews a favor, Felix left Paul in prison. Now we're going to go to chapter 25. Now when Festus had come into his province, after three days he went up to Jerusalem from Caesarea, and the chief priests and the principal men of the Jews informed him against Paul, and they argued him, asking as a favor to have the man sent to Jerusalem, planning an ambush to kill him on the way. Festus replied that Paul was being kept at Caesarea, and that he himself intended to go there shortly. So said he, Let the men of authority among you go down with me, and if there is something wrong about the man... Let them accuse him. When he had stayed among them not more than eight or ten days, he went down to Caesarea. And the next day he took his seat on the tribunal and ordered Paul to be brought. And when he had come, the Jews who had gone down from Jerusalem stood about him, bringing against him many serious charges, which they could not prove. Paul said to his defense, Neither against the law of the Jews, nor against the temple, nor against Caesar have have I offended at all. But Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favor, said to Paul, Do you wish to go up to Jerusalem and there be tried on these charges before me? But Paul said, I am standing before Caesar's tribunal, where I ought to be tried. To the Jews I have done no wrong. As you know as you know very well, if then I am a wrongdoer and have committed anything for which I deserve to die, I do not seek to escape death. But if there is nothing in their charge against me, no one can give me up to them. I appeal to Caesar. Then Festus, when he had conferred with his counsel, answered, You have appealed to Caesar. To Caesar you shall go. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Yes, I have said it. They're hypocrites. And uh, I'm I'm going to stick with it. I'm not going to back down, because ever since the day of my conversion, I have noticed. uh what's like two faces, two faces within the church. Or two different churches. Maybe the best word for it is, two churches. On one hand, there is the conservative Catholic, and the conservative Catholic that I am. I listen to people like Scott Hahn. Scott Hahn was a great help to me, and he still is a great help. Um, and I've listened to other converts. Who were a fantastic help to me. They, you know, they kept me on the right track. I never got anything from the local parish life. There was a time. The priest who baptized me, uh, who was uh, who, who was involved with uh, I was involved with, uh, Father Richard Tequera, uh, who um, now I th- went to Ecuador. And sorry, there was a plane flying overboard. There was a men a men's group meeting. There was also women some women who came around most of the time it was mostly guys, and we all try to talk and discuss and get involved with the faith, you know, talk about our experiences of being Catholic men in New York. Then we would go out to eat, we take part in studying the faith, we read, we read Vatican II documents, we pick out a book. I tried the best I can to be part of them, but you know, because my job covered Sundays, it was difficult. But really, in a sense, when it comes, when I'm not with them, on a local parish level, there was no life, no life at all. There was no groups that used to meet there was nobody you walk into the church uh, you know and not even the, the pastor or the Monsignor will bother to get to know your name none of them will you know uh, most of the time if you go to any particular parish um, you, know, you, you know you go to the parishes most of the time you see what mostly elderly people most of the time elderly women praying the rosary You know, there was no group or anybody that bothered to take part in, in, in real Catholicism, real Bible study. It's empty. So I don't know what these, these bishops think they're, they're accomplishing. They're accomplishing nothing. One time, um, I went to one particular parish. Uh, I, I, actually, it's a I think it's a basilica. Um, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what was the name? Oh, goodness. Anyway, a priest tried to come up with Eucharistic adoration. And it, a lot of them were young people. And he was using a more charismatic approach. All right. um, charismatic approach to the whole thing and the music of course the devotional music he picked was from a radio i mean he had a I'm, he had a cd player at the time and the lady got angry she felt that the way it was done i mean i understand i understand from her perspective it wasn't very pious it wasn't well it wasn't well organized or anything but the point i'm trying to say is is that even when they do try And and it's and it's a sincere try. It seems to divide people. Because one of the things about Vatican II, it has divided people. There's constant strife between Catholics. Even between the conservatives, between those who want more piety, who want to see the church more. They feel like something was lost. From the previous church, that is before Vatican II, and they keep talking about the continuity of harmonetics, meaning the language is the same. It may be, you know, a new liturgy, a new rite, but the language is the same. It's not the same. I'm sorry, it's not the same. It is not the same. All right, the theology, uh, it try, you know, maybe it is. To some extent, but it's not the same. Something has been lost. Something has divided the Catholic spirituality, the unity of the body. Ethnically has been divided. And morally has been divided by values and class has been divided. There seems to be a lot of times when I talk to some nuns, there's a bitterness about them. Like if you question them or you want to push something... I tried, I tried joining groups. I wanted to be part of groups, certain groups. I have tried to join up. I felt uncomfortable with them, uncomfortable. You, you read some of the, 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 um, the writings, you read some of the bulletins, you, you talk to the people there's, you know, even in Manhattan among the Franciscans. Uh, in 34th Street, there's an over-obsession with homosexuality. There's an obsession with homosexuality. There's an obsession with attack on the church and its values. You talk to other groups, there seems to be an obsession with uh, pushing with a female priesthood. In New York City, you can't find, it's difficult to find a parish that is conservative and if you try to join another parish let's say that is maybe that has uh, the latin rite mass the people there look at you very funny they it's like more like they're 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 holding on to tradition and forsaking the gospel they think that they're going to be saved just from the mere fact that they say it in latin if you say it in latin you get a pass into heaven that's how they think they don't bother to welcome people in. They don't make an effort to communicate the gospel. They don't make an effort to communicate why they do things in a traditional manner. And they lose people. It's, it's unbelievable. But meanwhile, you go to the established church, which I'm going to get to now, people like Robert Barron, Bishop Robert Barron, Cardinal Dolan, Cardinal Donald Wuerl, Cardinal Blaise Supich, Archbishop Walton Gregory, and former Cardinal Archbishop Theodore McCarrick, and then you go on to the other ones, O'Malley and all the others, that's a different church. That's the politically elite church. That's the Catholicism that you know you gotta you gotta have lots of money and a good name to get in. And we're supposed to be the same church, but we're not. We're not at all. They are of a different class. All right? Dolan welcomes the homosexuals into St. Patrick's Parade, and everything is fine. He goes on TV, and he praises an athlete who came out gay. All right? Doesn't worry, doesn't doesn't think it's important to talk about contraception and abortion. Or sex, that's everybody else. I mean, I—we, you know, he said he doesn't think about it. A woman tells him online, that's why you're a bad priest. You should have been a car salesman than a priest. These guys don't think about it, but they expect us Catholics, even the conservative ones, to keep putting our money in the basket. Meanwhile, they'll sit on table with people like Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, Joe Biden... Right? John Kerry uh, Andrew Cuomo all of these people support things that go against the faith, go against the morality of the faith and then we say something, we're intolerant and we're hypocrites. It's, it's always the same thing. So we're told to keep sanctifying the public square, which Bob, which Bishop Robert Barron says, meanwhile, they'll work against us. The, the, right? we, you know, we can't protect the country uh from illegal immigrants. They go down to the border, they set up an altar, they say they say the liturgy, they say, you know, consecration, and they pass down the holy Eucharist to a bunch of people who have their hands through the fence because they want that dramatic, they want that horrible concentration camp look. They want that look that will that would make Trump look bad and make conservatives look bad, right? What happened to pro-life? What happened to pro-marriage? You know, by doing what they're doing, they look almost, almost oh, like Episcopalians or Anglicans or Methodists. They don't look like Catholics. They don't sound like Catholics. This is what I'm saying. They're hypocrites. They're hypocrites. All right? They make an effort to go down to the border, but do they make one single effort for the abused children? For those who have been sexually abused by priests that they that they hired? Priests that they ordained? They don't bother to speak up about Theodore McCarrick, but they make an effort to speak about immigration, which they're hoping, they're hoping that they, they, the truth is they don't. They think less of the Latinos, even lesser than they think uh, of 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 even even the, the, the parishioners that they do have, because they think that peep that they're going to stay Catholic because simply for the mere fact that they're Latinos or Hispanics. They don't even bother to look at the facts or the numbers. that how many of them jo- joined Jehovah Witnesses, how many of them joined Pentecostals. How many of them join Seventh-day Adventists? They don't bother to do their numbers. So Bishop Robert Barron says that according to what Vatican II teaches, it is the duty of the lay people to sanctify the public arena, the political arena, not the bishops. The bishops are not politicians or ambassadors. Really. Really then why does the Vatican have a seat at the United Nations, may I ask? If it's the duty of the lay people. And why does sometimes the Pope speak at the United Nations? Why does he even come here to the United States to speak in front of the Senate or Congress at the Capitol? We know, we know we've had that a few times. If it's the duty of the lay people to sanctify the public political arena, all right, why does the Vatican uh, allow Jeffrey Sachs to speak? He's been speaking there quite a lot lately. He's been rubbing shoulders with Pope Francis and some other of these other uh, bishops, you know. I mean he you know there's been quite a few of them. I mean why? Why does the Pope accept a gift? From I think um, I don't know if it was from Ecuador or some uh, uh, Guatemalan president, he accepted a cross that was uh, infused with a hammer and sickle. That doesn't sound like uh, you know he's he's allowing lay people he sounds like he's right there sanctifying socialism and fascism, right? He keeps talking to that uh, Italian reporter. Who's uh, on the same uh, the same club with Joe Biden? I heard his mind, and he keeps giving him uh, he keeps talking to this guy who doesn't who doesn't record anything, who doesn't write anything down. He writes everything afterwards, and he keeps and he keeps reporting and writing down very heretical uh, conversation. It doesn't sound like the Pope is leaving it to the uh, uh, to be sanctified by lay people. I mean, he's practically sanctifying heresy. Why did the Holy Father allow the Amazonian Synod to take place? Why did he allow pagans to come in with their Pachamama and worship, have a little prayer, wo- uh, Pachamama service right there in the Vatican Gardens? Right? He allowed all that three ring circus, that little. I mean, my goodness, it was, it was enough to make the, uh, the golden calf uh, heresy uh, during, the, during the exodus proud. The whole thing. That was en- enough to make them proud. And the only thing that was missing was the, uh, was, you know, was the ground opening up and swallowing up all, the, all, all of us. I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, the, these guys, they always do this. They say one thing and then they do another. Rules for you, but not for me. I mean, it's, it's, it's shameful. I mean, they, they do this all the time. Then why? Why, I would ask Bishop Robert Barron, did the Holy Father put back into action Cardinal Theodore McCarrick and sent him off to China? Why did he do that? When a letter was left by Pope Benedict not to reinstate the man, why? Why do popes meet with presidents? Why do you say one thing to us and then you do another? The hypocrisy is ridiculous. It's almost suffocating. It's suffocating. Why did you guys throw the Covington Catholic school kids under the bus? Why did the bishops attack them before they even knew the whole story? They condemned their own flock. These were Catholic schoolboys. And you threw them under the bus. You condemned them. Right there in the public arena before we even knew the whole story you went along with the media you went along with CNN you went along with MSNBC you went along with with everybody with the celebrities and you threw these kids under the bus you failed them you were supposed to be their bishops and you didn't even come out in defense to them you didn't come back out to their to their defense i mean none of you guys ever come out for this for, for the defense but you come out for the politicians Why do you come out for them? Pope Francis accepts that Greta Thunberg, right? How dare you, girl? I mean, she's practically, uh, you know, a uh, canonized saint. Why do you do that? Right, whenever a, a a a conservative Catholic comes out, you leave them out to dry. Whenever whenever it's involved your own people, you leave them out to dry. You don't come out to their defense. You drop them. It's persona non grata. You don't even know who they are. I mean, I'm not. There are a few good bishops. There are a few. There's Cardinal Burke. There's Cardinal Sarah. There's um. Uh, Archbishop Vigano, Mueller, there's a couple of good ones out there. There's some great ones out there. Archbishop Schneider's a great one. He's fantastic. It was up to me; he would be pope. Viganot could be pope too, as well. I'll, you know, I can accept them. But you guys, you do everything, everything wrong. You do everything wrong, and you don't do anything right. I don't know. I mean, you belong to a different church. It's a totally different church. You don't belong to the same Catholic church. You have, you completely, your, your Vatican II church doesn't even know who it is. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't, the, the, the Protestants lasted for 500 years. You got to give them credit. The Lutherans lasted 500 years. This Vatican II church, this, this new church is not going to last 500 years. It won't even, it won't even last a hundred. I'll guarantee you that before even a hundred is up, this church is going to be gone out in smoke. It's going to be left in ashes, but I will tell you what will stand in this place. The church that you have uh, hoodwinked, the church that you have suppressed, because that church really is the church of Christ. This one here, it it, it has to have some relation to that church, but it's not going to survive. It's not going to survive a hundred years. Okay, I'm I'm really sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of the the homo mass. Uh, I'm sick and tired of the, the the double standard, the double talk on marriage and and, and uh, you, know, you know the sanctity of marriage and then confusions. you're, you're, you're using double talk and language, which you're good at for uh, homosexual marriages. You're trying to push that. you're trying to normalize that. Everybody knows you're going to do it eventually. I mean, the German bishops are, are the only ones who are itching to, you know, they're itching to, to tear off their, their clerical robes and roll in the mud, roll in the filth. They're desperate. It's like the, the spirit of, of Martin Luther. The demon of Martin Luther is really ha- haunting them. They can't help it. I mean, they're ready to tear their robes and run out into the, run out into the streets of Germany naked. It's, you know, it's obvious. You know the attack against conservative Catholics, like Church Militant, Life Site News. Um, the even attacks on on Dr. Taylor Marshall. Timothy Gordon lost his job, a Catholic school teacher, a husband, a father of five. You abandon him. He speaks up against Marxism, Black Lives Matters, Marxism, and you you drop him. Like if he was, uh, you know, like if he was a turd. The man was is, is a theologian. He's a philosopher. He knows Catholic history. Maybe not a theologian, but he knows Catholic history. And he knows philosophy. And he knows American history. And you dropped him. Like you didn't even bother to know him. No nothing. And, and even though he had a child who had an operation, a serious brain brain surgery, you drop him. You don't even know him. You definitely are hirelings. You're not real shepherds. As our Lord predicted, the apostles predicted, you guys are false shepherds. And I'm telling you, it's getting fed up. I'm glad all this is happening. I'm glad your faces are shown. I'm glad the hypocrisy is coming through all right and i hope trump does win i don't want you guys getting hold of my tax money or any other catholics tax money another 98 million dollars you received from barack obama in all the years he was in office so you can use it to cover up your sex scandal right you collect money from us in the basket and then you go ahead and you and you get our tax money for you know so what so you guys can go on vacations so you can go to um Shake Shack like Cardinal Dolan does to spend the money there. No, you're not going to get it. Anyway, I'm going to end it here. So you guys look it up yourselves, go online and you can look up all this information. All right. It's a rant, but look it up. It's not, you know, it's, it's not impossible. You can look it up and you can see for yourselves, go on church militant, look up the information. Go on YouTube. You will find the information there. I'm serious. It's not impossible. Go to you know you, you know church militant is the best one because they definitely will give you time and date, and you'll see it. You can look it up yourselves. Let's end it here with a hail Mary in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. One more little thing. What I read to you in the book of Acts shows you how Paul was active, both in the faith and in the political arena. We cannot ignore one or the other. We let these people take over the cultures. I said in the other episode... We need to take it back from them. And if we have to, we better start setting up new Catholic schools. One that these bishops can't touch. And we have to start looking for really good bishops because we can't allow this to continue anymore. All right. These guys are selling property and selling land because they know there are not many Catholics and they need to keep their pension up. Well, we can't let them do that anymore. We can't let them do that anymore. It has to be a whole new different Catholic culture. And and unfortunately, you can't trust these Vatican II bishops. You can't trust them. They're not, you know, they're they're, they're out for themselves. They don't care about their flock. They care only about themselves. So anyway, share this podcast. Uh, go on YouTube. You can see there's, um, I'm starting a YouTube channel. It's a little difficult. Uh, the episodes will be under 12 minutes, 15 minutes maybe, if I can. Um, I'm trying the best I can. I want to be able to produce more, but unfortunately, because I got to go to work. And um, I'm not, I don't always have the energy to do it because after a long day. So um, I'll try the best I can. I'm glad I'm able to do this one because this is basically you have to reflect over everything that happened. You know, you have to go through it. You have to go look at the evidence in front of you. Okay, McCarrick is evidence. is is, is uh, evidence of their behavior and their failure. They can't do it. This is a totally different church. Yes, Christ established a church. This is a counterfeit church within the real church. I am not. I'm not uh, uh, saying that the consecration and the mass is invalid. The priesthood is still the priesthood of Christ, but the men in it have set up their own network. And that is what happened. That's why things are such a mess. They have set up their own network and they have gone out. They, they, they wanted to do it by hijacking the one true faith. And that's what they've done. So anyway, God bless. And we'll hear again. I'll be back again soon. Hopefully I'll do another one this week. And I'll report something and we'll discuss it. All right. I actually, I'm thinking of doing a, some podcasts on the Vatican II documents. I figured if we read through that, uh, we will be better informed. Uh, we will we'll be educating ourselves on what Vatican II teaches. All right. So um, I think I'm going to start doing that because I, I think that will be helpful for us. So anyway, God bless, and we'll be together again soon.